0: Attention, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to The Adrian Lozano Show. Rock and roll. (laughs) Disclaimer. All content from this show are for comedic purposes only. This information should not be considered complete and should be taken with salt and pepper and cumin. Oh, and by the way. Warning. Warning, I say all content in the show is intended for adults due to the strong subject matter and graphic nature of the language. The information may also not be up to date and is not intended to be used in place of a visit consultation or advice of any other professional. Thank you very kindly. Now let us proceed. Thank you and enjoy the Adrian Lozano Show.
1: The Adrian Lozano Show. The Adrian Lozano Show everybody. I'm Backy, and of course your host Adrian Lozano. Oh,
0: but I fumbled it when it came down to the wire. I never watched the wire, so every time I
2: hear uh, heim, 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 who It's just, you know, heim. Heim, it's heim. Um, heim, it's heim. Um,
0: the fabric of some people. Um... When I, um, but I fumbled it when it came down to The Wire. I always think of the show The Wire and how I never watched it. And how all my teachers, when I was going to school in 2009, were like, You haven't watched The Wire? What the hell's wrong with you? A lot, okay? A lot. Anyway, this is Adrian Lozano, and this is gonna be a good episode. It fucking better be. (laughs) Oh, criminy. Um... First time listening? Where oh, have you been? Um, and if you're
1: Guten tag, dudes and dudettes. This is your host, Adrian Lozano. The original flavor. Original recipe Lozano right here. And um, I just wanted to tell you, welcome to episode one, one, thres. Yes, 113. 113. Doesn't sound like a lot. But it sounds like more than four or five anyway the quality gets moderate to less than moderate to acceptable to less than acceptable (laughs) oh fuck if anybody's still listening cool if not whatevs uh i'm doing the show still i got more news if you like weird news this is your place (laughs) um if you like weirdos i'm your man (laughs) Well, for for, because i'm a weirdo not because i know a bunch of weirdos Maybe I do, maybe I don't. That's none of your business. But you're awesome. Thank you for listening.
2: Search submit close. NASA is burying human remains on the moon next year. And you can still buy grave plots. Three most dangerous WhatsApp settings that could get you hacked, scammed, or exposed. Turn these TikTok settings on now to keep predators, stalkers, and pedos away. MacBook Pro M1 2020 review. Apple's new laptop is super fast and lasts ages where does vanilla flavoring come from Viral TikTok video warns of beaver bum. ingredient dozens of cursed ancient Egyptian coffins and golden statues unearthed from city of the dead what will happen to Donald Trump's Twitter and Facebook when he leaves White House huge 50-inch 4K LG TV slashed to just 354 pounds in early Black Friday deal perfect for your PS5 or Xbox Series 10 update your Google Chrome right now to block out hackers Here's how to do it Xbox Series 10 review. The future of gaming is fast, gorgeous and finally here. Menu. Hide the menu. Hide the menu. Tech science. Lunar grave NASA is burying human remains on the moon next year. And you can still buy grave plots Harry Pettit. Senior Digital Technology and Science Reporter 1239. The 18th of November 2020 updated. 1242. The 18th of November 2020. People's cremated ashes are to be sent to the moon next year as part of a commercial burial service piggybacking on a NASA lunar mission. Texas space memorial firm Celestis will provide more than a dozen capsules carrying human remains and DNA for the flight. 3. Astrobotics Peregrine lander on the lunar surface credit. Astrobotic dubbed Luna 2, the mission will launch on a July 2021 NASA flight to a region of the moon called Lacus Mortis, Space.com reports. To date, only one person, revolutionary planetary scientist Eugene Shoemaker, has been buried on the lunar surface. Celestis, which is based in Houston, aims to change that by regularly firing up remains to Earth's rocky neighbor. The Celestis Memorial Capsules will remain on the moon as a permanent tribute to the intrepid souls who never stopped reaching for the stars, the firm writes on its website. Three. The lander carrying the cremated remains of paying participants will touch down in the lacus mortis region of the moon, circled in red credit. NASA, Celestis, each time you view the moon you'll know your loved one is in a place few have ever gone. The remains of former space scientists, sci-fi authors and even a British maths teacher will be on board next year's groundbreaking flight. NASA's own Marita West, the lunar geologist who determined the crucial site for the first landing on the moon, will have her remains scattered as part of the mission. Celestis 2021 burials will be carried to the lunar surface by a spacecraft built by private U.S. robotics outfit Astrobotic. 3. NASA planetary scientist Eugene Shoemaker is currently the only person to have been buried on the moon. Credit Handout Its Peregrine lander will be the, the first American spacecraft to land on the moon since Apollo. The mission, called Peregrine Mission 1, will be launched by United Launch Alliance's Vulcan Centaur rocket from Cape Canaveral, Florida. Capsules will remain on the moon as a permanent memorial, Celestis said. The remains of Shoemaker, the planetary scientist laid to rest on the moon in 1998 were scattered in partnership with Celestis. Next year's mission will mark only the company's second memorial flight, more than 22 years on from its first. It's a futuristic way to honor the dead and a result of space travel becoming more commonplace. Astrobotic was selected in 2019 by NASA for a $79.5 million contract to deliver payloads to the moon. As well as Celestis capsules, the Pittsburgh-based company will use its lander to drop off scientific and technology demonstration equipment. NASA's Artemis Lunar Mission Key Facts NASA's Artemis Lunar Mission Key Facts NASA has pledged to land man on the moon in 2024. The mission, dubbed Artemis, will mark the first time astronauts have set foot on the lunar surface since 1972 A giant NASA rocket dubbed the Space Launch System will carry astronauts beyond Earth's atmosphere once at the moon. Two astronauts will descend to the surface from an orbiting craft called the Lunar Gateway NASA has pledged that one of the landing crew will be female. Marking the first time a woman has set foot on the moon The pair would land on the lunar south pole, where vast reserves of frozen water could be tapped for future explorers The landing system that brought the Astronauts to the surface will then blast back to the orbiting Gateway satellite they will board an Orion capsule for the 250,000-mile trip back to Earth NASA has a mountain of technical challenges to overcome before Artemis gets the green light it's still not clear if everything will be ready in time for the ambitious 2024 launch date NASA boss Jim Bridenstine has said the moon will serve as a critical training ground for Mars expeditions perhaps in the 2030s it's not the only form of space burial available to punters with cash to burn Aura Flights, a company based in Sheffield, UK, uses weather balloons to scatter people's ashes 20 miles above Earth's surface. In 2018, US company Elysium Flights launched a gram each of 100 people's ashes beyond orbit on a SpaceX rocket. After the capsule was ejected, families and friends could track the remains until they eventually burned up in the atmosphere. Zero hundred. NASA and SpaceX celebrate a successful launch of the Falcon 9 rocket most read in science. What the truck pickup truck sized asteroid came less than 250 miles from hitting Earth. Horoscope you've been reading the wrong horoscope for years because the stars have moved. Tidal Terror Sea Level. Doomsday. Simulator reveals whether your home would be wiped out. Dead spooky ancient Egyptian coffins and golden statues unearthed from City of the Dead. E.T. Phone Home. The mysteries we need to solve to prove the existence of aliens one third. In other news, SpaceX this week launched four NASA astronauts to the International Space Station in a historic mission for space travel. A truck-sized asteroid came within 250 miles of Earth on Friday the 13th of November. And, Venus and the crescent moon will come together as part of a bright celestial event this evening. What do you think of NASA's moon plans? Let us know in the comments. We pay for your stories. Do you have a story for the Sun Online tech and science team? Email us at at tech-sun.co.uk. Click to share on Twitter, opens in new window. Click to share on Facebook, opens in new window. Click to share on WhatsApp, opens in new window, two comments. Topics NASA. Promoted stories. Newly discovered photos reveal a Marilyn Monroe You Didn't Know Maternity Week. Many Android owners don't know this, do this today, security savers online. Man who called 2016 election makes new prediction better leaf. News. If you have one of these coins lying around, you just got rich definition. Gallery. These on screen kissing scenes were never scripted daily for est. Photos. Husband introduces wife to the wild gorilla he raised, but a minute later this happened definition. More from the sun. Safe space. Turn these TikTok settings on now to keep predators, stalkers, and pedos away. Big Mac MacBook Pro M1 2020 review. Apple's new laptop is super fast and lasts ages. Switch it up Nintendo Switch slashed to only 239 pounds in early Black Friday deal. Turn him off three most dangerous WhatsApp settings that could get you hacked or scammed. No amigo I video called my girlfriend in Mexico and her ex was on the bed clearly aroused. Flatmate farce my male flatmate is so controlling and he's only my age. What can I do? Comments are subject to our community guidelines, which can be viewed here. Loading comments. Promoted stories. Picks groom saves another man's life on his wedding day a-r-t-i-c-l-e-s-k-i-l-l. Picks the deepest hole on earth was permanently sealed after finding mysterious fossil maternity week. Gallery, real photos that prove time travel exists definition. Picks pour salt down your drain at night, here's why the delight. Play to GOPS 5 is on sale now, find out who has it in stock and all the latest reaction The Sun. Amazing Apple how to get Apple AirPods for £110 this Black Friday The Sun. Tech time save up to 50% on monitors, laptops and desktops in Dell's Black Friday sale The Sun. Nice Trimgitech's Black Friday sale 2020, deals live now The Sun. Sponsored by iRobot. Wherever the holidays happen, ask for a Roomba robot vacuum. Take vacuuming off your mind with the Roomba i7 Plus Robot Vacuum. The Roomba i7 Plus Robot Vacuum cleans around your home, and your life. The Roomba S9 Plus Robot Vacuum cleans up after you, and itself. Enjoy complete control of your clean with the Roomba S9 Plus Robot Vacuum. Play time here are all the PlayStation 5 launch games you can play on day one the sun. Ear, ear, Apple AirPods Black Friday 2020, live deals the sun. Must se dealmas of iphone se black friday deal 100 gigabytes data 26 pounds a month zero pounds up front the sun 100 proof i'm a celeb blunder spotted by dr alex who finds kiosk kledwin got answer wrong the sun blank turn him off three most dangerous whatsapp settings that could get you hacked scammed or exposed blank underscore blank underscore blank New System of a Down, Protect the Land, and, Genocidal Humanoids, Rolling Stone. It took a war for System of a Down to record new music. After seeing the country of Azerbaijan start a conflict with Armenia in September, the musicians, who are all of Armenian descent, rushed into the studio to record two new songs, Protect the Land, and, Genocidal Humanoids, to draw attention to the crisis in their ancestral homeland. The band will donate proceeds from the songs, which come out Friday, to aid Armenians, and it is soliciting fans to donate to the Armenia Fund, which provides humanitarian relief to the region. Both songs are available on the group's Bandcamp page. Fifteen years have passed since the Grammy-winning alt-metal group released their last record, Hypnotize. When it came out, it was an instant hit, the second of two system albums to debut at number one in 2005. But despite their success, they have not been able to agree on a path forward ever since. Their singer, Serge Tankian, had asked for a more democratic songwriting process. Guitarist-vocalist Darren Malakian wrote nearly everything, but they couldn't reach a meeting of the minds. They have since toured together and remained friends, but internally, the struggle for creative control has seemed insurmountable. Related System of a Down's John Dolmayan Taps Tom Morello for cover of Radiohead's Street Spirit. Tom Morello, Serge Tankian Honor Chris Cornell on stage with Audio Slaves, Like a Stone. Related. 40 Great LGBTQ TV Shows to Stream Now. Bruce Springsteen on making, Born to Run, We Went to Extremes. The band decided to put its differences aside last month after war broke out in Nagorno-Karabakh, a mostly ethnic Armenian region of Azerbaijan that Armenians call Artsakh. It covers about 1,700 square miles of mountainous terrain, and it has had a long, bloody history that has scarred the people who live there. A previous war between Armenia and Azerbaijan ended with a ceasefire and Armenians in control of the region in 1994. Azerbaijan initiated another war this past September after its president, Ilham Aliyev, took umbrage with Armenian Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan's claim this past spring that Nagorno Karabakh was wholly Armenian. Russia, France, and the United States have each attempted to mediate ceasefires between Armenia and Azerbaijan, but none have stuck. Armenia, a country of about 3 million, is well outnumbered by Azerbaijan, which has 10 million citizens a stronger military, and aid from Turkey, Armenia's longtime foe since the 1915 Armenian genocide, which was propagated by Ottoman Turks. The Prime Minister of Armenia, which has received support from Russia, suggested that Azerbaijan has recruited mercenaries from Syria, although the latter country denies it. The organization Human Rights Watch has claimed that Azerbaijan has used banned weapons and cluster munitions in its fight, it says Armenia used or supplied cluster munitions used in an attack as well, and the British newspaper Morning Star has reported on an Azerbaijani soldier who beheaded an Armenian soldier and taunted his family with it. The UN has warned that attacks on citizens in the area could be considered war crimes. Try watching this video on or enable JavaScript if it is disabled in your browser. The band believes that Azerbaijan planned out the timing of the attack to coincide with news coverage focusing on the US election and the response to COVID-19. And even though system don't all share the same politics, Tankian has voiced support for Democrats, and drummer John Dolmayan, the singer's brother-in-law, supports Trump. They decided to put those differences aside as well since they believe the crisis in Nagorno-Karabakh transcends American politics. What I would like Trump to do is protect the interests of the United States but, at the same time, protect the values of the United States and what we stand for, Dolmayan tells Rolling Stone. There's injustice happening. We can't just enter into conflict for monetary reasons. I get that we have to think of the interest for the U.S. going forward, but we have to walk the walk and talk the talk. Don't be a hypocrite. This is gruesome shit that's going on, bassist Shavo Odejian says. There's nothing humane about it. They're not saying, oh, leave our lands. We'll be so polite to help you leave. They're massacring people and doing all sorts of cowardly, disgusting things. And that just touches all of us, in the band. It's totally a David and Goliath situation, Malachian adds. Armenia can't do this by themselves. I have been to Artsakh twice, Tankian recalls. It's just beautiful countryside, and it's just really sad seeing all of that destroyed right now and the people having to move. The people are just incredible there. They're the old Armenians. They have been living on those lands since 500 BC. They're very strong and beautiful and funny. They don't get scared, man. They've seen this before, but it's really, really fucked up. System of a Down show their Armenian pride in 2020. Clockwise from top left. Darren Malakian, John Dolmayan, Shavo Otagian, and Serge Tankian. Armin Kaleshian. asterisk. Dolmayan remembers watching the war unfold and feeling sick. I had a lot of feelings of anger and powerlessness, and then I thought back to how my ancestors must have felt during the genocide, he says. After years of disappointment with the state of System of a Down. He had come to terms with the fact that the group would never record together again. But the horrors he was seeing inspired him to pick up his phone at 10 o'clock at night on the first Sunday in October and reach out to his bandmates. I sent a text to the other three guys, and said, irrespective of your feelings for each other and the past, we have to put everything aside and get in the studio and create a song for our people to bring attention to the situation and galvanize the forces of good worldwide, he recalls. And I got pretty positive responses. Otajian was an easy yes. He had been watching news reports about the war and felt the same way. In fact, he was just about ready to send his own text when he got the drummer's note. Tankian decided that drawing attention to the war was worth letting his guard down. I'm not doing this as an artist for myself or for System of a Down or for any of the guys in the band. We're all doing this for our people, he says. So this is not a creative decision, this is not a business decision. This is a decision of activism, and that takes precedence over all other things for us. If we don't do this, there isn't any other huge Armenian rock band out there that's gonna do this, Malakian says. There aren't that many big Armenian celebrities out there that are going to do this. It's kind of a duty. We came together because our country needed us, not necessarily because we're so amped to do a brand new system of a down song. Our people needed us to do this. Malachian sent his bandmates, Protect the Land, a hard-charging anthem he had earmarked for the next album by his other group, Scars on Broadway, and the rest of System felt it spoke perfectly to how they felt. The track opens with a slow-churning guitar riff and Malachian and Tenkian harmonizing lyrics that ask listeners what they would do if someone tried to push them from their homes. Would you stay and take a stand? They ask mournfully. Would you stay with gun in hand? They protect the land. To drive it home, when they repeat those questions later, Malachian runs his hands up his guitar neck, imitating the sound of bombs falling. The guitarist wrote the song about a year and a half ago after he had penned another song about tensions around Artsakh called, Lives, for his 2018 LP, Dictator. We used ''lives'' to raise money to have first aid kits sent to Artsakh because I heard soldiers and civilians needed them, he says. So that's how the topic for ''Protect the Land'' came into my mind, the people and soldiers of Artsakh were in my thoughts. They cut the song within a week of Dolmayan's initial text, and Odajian immediately began work on the tracks video in private. Filming different generations of Armenian descendants while telling them that he was making a documentary about the Armenian diaspora that spread across the globe after the genocide. I brought in everyone from every age, he says of the clip. We have babies, my two sons, the high priest of L.A., doctors, cab drivers, and soldiers in the video. At the same time, we have people in Armenia in Artsakh filming on the front lines of the war going on. So the messages. I know we are thousands of miles away, but we stand with our troops and we stand for this one common cause as Armenians. The clip features footage of soldiers on the front lines, a well as shots of the band with projections of some of the footage Odigian shot superimposed over their faces, similar to the band's toxicity clip. The band's manager thought, protect the land, captured the importance of the moment but urged them to record another, heavier tune to complement it. Three or four years ago, Malachian, Dolmayan, and Odegin convened for a jam session that produced several songs, but they abandoned them when Tankian wouldn't commit to an album. One of the standouts was the Malachian-penned "Genocidal Humanoids," a fast, punky number about fighting back against the devil. This time, all four members agreed to record the song. Malachian sings, "Persecution ends now." Midway through, and cocks his guitar like a gun before the band whips through a whirlwind of black metal riffs and Tankian asks, guess who's coming over to dinner? The genocidal humanoids. It's a whole other mood that captures the spasmodic unpredictability of the band's best music. The song really matched up well, with, Protect the Land, Malikian says. The original lyrics are pretty close to what we recorded. The original line, in, genocidal humanoids, was, terrorists are coming, and they're never going to stop, so to make it fit, I changed it to, terrorists were fighting, and were never gonna stop. And the word, humanoids, came to me from the late wrestling manager Bobby, the Brain Heenan. He used to call the audience a bunch of humanoids, like a bunch of idiots. I had to change very little with the wording to make it work with the message we're trying to send out now. Even though they hadn't all been in a studio together in more than a decade, tracking the songs went surprisingly smoothly and quickly. Within a few days of deciding to record, each musician started arranging his own part. Tinkian developed his harmonies for, Protect the Land, while still in New Zealand, where he lives part-time, and the singer flew to Los Angeles on October 11th to join everyone in the studio. They finished tracking the cuts that week. This was something that was bigger than any issue we've ever had with system, Otagian says. We had to put everything away and say, we've got to get together because. When we speak after 15 years, people will listen. People will be like, whoa, these guys came back. For what? Each of the band members expressed fears that Azerbaijanis, who are predominantly Muslim, view the war against Armenia, a Christian nation, as a holy war and that the conflict could escalate into another genocide. By bringing attention to the war, they hope their fans will contact their representatives in government and ask them to intervene. Make your voice heard and talk about this injustice and say you'd like to see Turkey and Azerbaijan sanctioned, Tankian says. You'd like to see the perpetrators punished. It doesn't take money or military to do that, it just takes economic pressure on those countries to back off because they're the aggressors. System of a Down also hope to aid humanitarian efforts in Armenia and Nagorno-Karabakh. We've been doing this as a global diaspora and Armenian community, But we need the help because our adversaries have oil and natural gas and they've been spending billions of dollars on their military, the singer says. We need financial help to take care of our people that are in bomb shelters in Artsakh and families whose children are not in school. And there's an incredible spike, in COVID-19 cases, in Armenia, which is very dangerous and scary. So it's a really horrible humanitarian catastrophe that needs to be addressed. Although Dolmayan is excited that he got his band back together for the cause, he says fans should not expect more music or a new album. If it was up to me, we'd have a new album every three years, he says. But things aren't up to me. I'm at the mercy of my team, and although I fought for it for many years with band members, I've accepted that it is what it is. We do have five albums and, now, two songs. We've accomplished a lot in our careers. If it ends at that, So be it. Tankian, who has shelved a solo EP, Elasticity, that he had planned to release this fall, has no plans to work on new music with System or anyone else until the conflict is resolved. I can't think of anything else right now, not my own music, not System's music, he says. I'm focused on what's going on with the war and praying for a ceasefire so there can be negotiations. I'm just focused on this because it's a life and death situation. But some of his bandmates are more hopeful that system will resume at some point in the future. I'm proud that we did this, odigian says. I wish we could get in and do more. Maybe this could lead to that. Maybe it can't. I've always been optimistic, though. I never say never, Malachian says. I didn't expect this. I was ready to put out my next scars record. This kind of happened out of the blue, so who knows? If we don't record again. Then I'll just keep doing what I do and everyone else will keep doing what they do. But it was nice to do this. He's mostly happy the band members could move past their issues long enough for the good of their ancestral homeland. I'm not a soldier, but I feel like I'm a part of this, he says. The way I'm going to contribute is through my songs. The Amish keep to themselves. And they're hiding a horrifying secret a year of reporting by Cosmo and Type Investigations reveals a culture of incest, rape, and abuse. By Sarah McClure January 14, 2020. The memories come to her in fragments. The bed creaking late at night after one of her brothers snuck into her room and pulled her to the edge of her mattress. Her underwear shoved to the side as his body hovered over hers, one of his feet still on the floor. Her ripped dresses, the clothespins that bent apart and her apron as another brother grabbed her at dusk by the hog pen after they finished feeding the pigs. Sometimes she'd pry herself free and sprint toward the house, but, they were bigger and stronger, she says. They usually got what they wanted. Property of Sarah McClure. Continue reading below. As a child, Sadie Asterisk was carefully shielded from outside influences, never allowed to watch TV or listen to pop music or get her learner's permit. Instead, she attended a one-room Amish schoolhouse and rode a horse and buggy to church. A life designed to be humble and disciplined and godly. Amy S-A-N-C-E-T-T-A. By age 9, she says, she'd been raped by one of her older brothers. By 12, she'd been abused by her father, Abner Asterisk, a chiropractor who penetrated her with his fingers on the same table where he saw patients, telling her he was, flipping her uterus, to ensure her fertility. By 14, she says, three more brothers had raped her and she was being attacked in the hayloft or in her own bed multiple times a week. She would roll over afterward, ashamed and confused. The sisters who shared Sadie's room, and even her bed, never woke up, or if they did, never said anything, although some later confided that they were being raped too. Property of Sarah McClure. Continue reading below. Sadie's small world was built around adherence to rules, and keeping quiet was one of them. There was no love or support, she says. We didn't feel that we had anywhere to go to say anything. So she didn't. Even on the day the police showed up on her doorstep to question then 12 year old Sadie's father about his alleged abuse of his daughters. Even on the day when, almost two years later, Abner was sentenced by a circuit court judge to just five years probation. And even on the day when, at 14, she says she was cornered in the pantry by one of her brothers and raped on the sink, and then felt a gush and saw blood running down her leg, and cleaned up alone while he walked away, and gingerly placed her underwear in a bucket of cold water before going back to her chores. A friend helped her realize years later, while being raped, she had probably suffered a miscarriage. Property of Sarah McClure. Continue reading below. Dan Collister, shuddershock Shock. It wasn't until now that Sadie decided to speak up, to reveal the darkness beneath the bucolic surface of her childhood. She's tired of keeping quiet. Over the past year, I've interviewed nearly three dozen Amish people, in addition to law enforcement, judges, attorneys, outreach workers, and scholars. I've learned that sexual abuse in their communities is an open secret spanning generations. Victims told me stories of inappropriate touching, groping, fondling, exposure to genitals, digital penetration, coerced oral sex, anal sex, and rape, all at the hands of their own family members, neighbors, and church leaders. Property of Sarah McClure, continue reading below. The Amish, who number roughly 342,000 in North America, are dispersed across rural areas of states like Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, New York, Michigan, and Wisconsin, according to the Young Center for Anabaptist and Pietist Studies at Elizabethtown College, a leading authority on Amish life. Because of their high birth rate, and because few members ever leave, they're one of the fastest-growing religious groups in America. Lacking one centralized leader, they live in local congregations or church districts, each made up of 20 to 40 families. But the stories I heard were not confined to any one place. In my reporting, I identified 52 official cases of Amish child sexual assault in seven states over the past two decades. Chillingly, this number doesn't begin to capture the full picture. Virtually every Amish victim I spoke to, mostly women but also several men, told me they were dissuaded by their family or church leaders from reporting their abuse to police or had been conditioned not to seek outside help. As Sadie put it, she knew she'd just be mocked or blamed. Some victims said they were intimidated and threatened with excommunication. Their stories describe a widespread, decentralized cover-up of child sexual abuse by Amish clergy. Property of Sarah McClure. Continue reading below. We're told that it's not Christ-like to report, explains Esther Asterisk, an Amish woman who says she was abused by her brother and a neighbor boy at age 9. It's so ingrained. There are so many people who go to church and just endure. And yet, as hashtag MeToo has rocked mainstream culture, Amish women have instigated their own female-driven movement. It's much slower and less highly visible, says Linda Crockett, founder and director of Safe Communities, an organization that works to prevent child sexual abuse but I have seen a real uptick over the past 10 years in Amish women coming forward. They hear about each other, not on Twitter or Facebook, but there's a strong communication system within these communities. They draw courage and strength from each other. I get phone calls now. There's a bunch of Amish who have my cell phone number, and they use it. The men call on behalf of the women, says Judge Craig Stedman, former district attorney of Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, home to nearly 40,000 Amish, who has served on a task force that connects the Amish to law enforcement and social services. Although most don't have cell phones, the Amish might use pay phones or a call from English neighbors' homes. Property of Sarah McClure, continue reading below. Some victims, like Sadie, have long since left the church and the Amish way of life, but others, including Esther, are still on the inside, sending out an alarm to the world they've been taught to reject. They want to talk, explains Crockett, so they're turning outside. Alami. There's no one reason for the sexual abuse crisis in Amish country. Instead, there's a perfect storm of factors, a patriarchal and isolated lifestyle in which victims have little exposure to police, coaches, or anyone else who might help them, an education system that ends at 8th grade and fails to teach children about sex or their bodies, a culture of victim shaming and blaming, little access to the technology that enables communication or broader social awareness, and a religion that prioritizes repentance and forgiveness over actual punishment or rehabilitation. Amish leaders also tend to be wary of law enforcement, preferring to handle disputes in their own. Property of Sarah McClure, continue reading below. As a child, Sadie was up before dawn every morning to milk her family's cows, wearing a pleated head covering and long dress, her shoes and socks a dull black, as her local church rules, or warning, required. If you didn't work as hard as you possibly could, you were considered lazy, she says. She never turned on a light switch or shopped for clothes in a store. She didn't speak English at home, just Pennsylvania Dutch, the only language she knew until first grade. And she never revealed her abuse to anyone except a cousin and her father himself, when he asked her, point-blank, if her brothers were touching her. The next time he asked, she lied, fearful he would beat the boys, as he often did. But what was happening in her house was a poorly kept secret, according to several of Sadie's relatives. One of them reported Abner, who has since died, to local church leaders, Sadie remembers her father being shunned, for six weeks, a common form of discipline in which the accused is socially ostracized and forbidden from eating at the same table as church members. After a shunning, the person confesses in church and the community is strongly compelled to forgive and forget that the sin ever happened. In Sadie's house, she recalls, everything went back to normal, or at least, to how it had been before. Property of Sarah McClure, continue reading below. When the police and social workers later showed up on her doorstep, most likely after being tipped off by a local non-Amish person, Abner told authorities that, things which we were speaking about had been brought up and dealt with in the church, according to a police detective's notes. He also silenced his daughters. You say nothing, Sadie and another relative remember him demanding. Ashley Gilbertson, 7, Redix. Authorities returned a second time, asking him specific questions about having sexual intercourse with his daughters, according to the case file. Now Abner confessed to having sex with two of them, insisting he made love to them at least three times each but didn't hurt them. Sadie, who had heard from a cousin that her dad was also abusing her sisters, didn't dare breathe a word in their defense. Property of Sarah McClure, continue reading below. A relative recalls that Sadie's mother told social workers to do whatever they could to keep him from going to jail. It worked. A grainy VHS recording from 2001 shows a gray bearded Abner standing with his hat hanging between his hands before a judge, as an attorney explains that he is pleading guilty to a reduced charge of sexual abuse in the first degree, and not incest, because the family is not desiring that he be incarcerated. Instead of serving a sentence that might have been five years or more, Abner got probation. Sadie says her father abused her for five more years. When I reached out to her brothers, two confirmed that Abner had touched Sadie, one of them also said he himself messed around with her when they were young but that he did not rape her, the other denied raping her. A third brother did not respond to a request for comment. Property of Sarah McClure. Continue reading below. Some victims aren't just silenced, they suffer something worse. Lizzie Hirschberger was 14 when she went to work as a mod or hired girl for a 27-year-old Amish man named Chris Stutzman and his wife, taking care of their four children and helping Stutzman in the barn. One night after they had milked the cows, he pinned her against a wall and kissed her, then pushed her onto the feed bags. Because it was a frigid winter in Minnesota, Lizzie wore pants under her dress, which Stutzman removed while she tried in vain to fight him off. Relax, he whispered into her ear as he raped her. To this day, that word remains a trigger for Lizzie. She didn't know why she felt pain and blood between her legs. Her parents had never talked to her about sex or even her period. When Sadie got her period at age 10, while playing outside, she remembers stuffing toilet paper in her underwear and pulling one of her sisters into the outhouse to ask what was going on. Property of Sarah McClure. Continue reading below. Amish victims don't even know the names of body parts, confirms Stedman. To describe a sexual assault without having any fundamental sex education, it presents even more challenges. When Lizzie's abuser finally climbed off her, she was shaking. I felt broken and used and dirty, she says. I was already blaming myself, thinking, why didn't I leave the barn just, you know, a couple of minutes earlier. Stutzman would rape Lizzie 25 more times over roughly five months, according to court records and Lizzie's diary. He raped her in the hayloft, in his house, and on the seat of his buggy. Once, on the way home from church, he pulled the buggy off the road and raped her in the woods. Through his lawyer, Stutzman declined to comment. Twice, male witnesses walked in on the abuse, but neither man came to Lizzie's rescue. Instead, Stutzman himself, perhaps sensing he'd been caught, confessed. Property of Sarah McClure, continue reading below. Like Abner, he was shunned for six weeks. And again, no one reported him to outside authorities, especially since the church had already disciplined and forgiven him. Instead, the community turned on Lizzie for what they saw as a consensual affair. She was bullied and mocked, spit on and called a, schlud, and, Huda, Pennsylvania Dutch for, slut, and, whore. They didn't ask me how I felt or my side of the story, she says. Instead, the community gossiped that she had, mental issues. It's common for Amish victims to be viewed by the community as just as guilty as the abuser, as consenting partners committing adultery, even if they're children. Victims are expected to share responsibility and, after the church has punished their abuser, to quickly forgive. If they fail to do so, they're the problem. When the rare case does end up in court, the Amish overwhelmingly support the abusers, who tend to appear with nearly their entire congregations behind them, survivors and law enforcement sources say. This can compound the trauma of speaking out. We've had cases where there'll be 50 Amish people standing up for the offender and no one speaks for the victim, says Stedman. Property of Sarah McClure. Continue reading below. In one 2010 case, young female victims were pressured to forgive their father and brother for abusing them, with one writing a pleading letter to the court, hello sir. I'm Melvin's sister. Please have mercy. Melvin has made a big change to let go of his committed crime in the last year. I'd like to have our family together, recalls former President Judge Dennis Reunaker, who has presided over 30-plus Amish sexual assault cases in Lancaster County. In this case, the victims agreed to cooperate only in exchange for their abusers receiving no jail time. The deal likely helped save the defendants from what could have been 25- to 30-year prison sentences, says Reunaker. Things got stranger for Lizzie. She remembers her mother telling her that she was being taken to a chiropractic clinic in neighboring South Dakota, and then boarding a bus full of Amish adults for the 300-mile drive to a facility where, for a week, they watched me all the time, she says. She received daily deep tissue massages to work through my emotional stuff, she was told. Property of Sarah McClure, continue reading below. Lizzie's is not the only account of an Amish victim being taken to an alleged mental health facility staffed by Amish or Mennonites, a similar although typically less strict, group that provides Bible-based counseling, and, in many cases, is not state licensed. Several years ago, Esther was sent to a facility for counseling, after she tried to seek help for another Amish woman who was being sexually assaulted. When she protested, church leaders threatened to excommunicate her permanently. No one would tell her why she was there. Instead, she was pressured to sign papers that would allow staff to communicate directly with her ministers, she says she eventually gave in and signed. From the first evening, they wanted to put me on medication," she recalls. She said no, since, a lot of these people who get stuck in these facilities come home drugged and no longer have a life. They're zombies. She's aware of about 30 other Amish sexual assault victims, including two of her sisters, who have been sent away to such facilities. Property of Sarah McClure, continue reading below. Eventually, Esther says she was told that refusing, sleep medication, would only prolong her stay. When she asked about side effects, a house parent told her, it doesn't matter, you have to take it. So she did. Except the drugs weren't for sleep at all. According to her medical records, she was prescribed olanzapine, an antipsychotic medication that treats mental illnesses like schizophrenia. Every morning and night, she and other Amish patients lined up to receive their drugs. We'd have to go and fill a small container with water and then go up to this pedestal, we'd all take turns, she says. It was gut-wrenching. Esther started having blurry vision and hallucinations. She wanted to escape, but she knew that defying her ministers would get her kicked out of the church. She was ultimately on the drug for two weeks of her five-week stay. Her discharge notes recommended she, be submissive, and that she, challenge unhealthy thoughts toward ministers and others using positive, good thought. Property of Sarah McClure. Continue reading below. Getty. Esther now says Amish leaders use lockup stays to silence women who are increasingly eager to go public with abuse allegations. When a victim speaks out, Esther explains, they get sent to a facility and drugged so that they shut up. Still, as more and more women start to come forward, an ecosystem has also risen up to help them. Two years ago, Lizzie, who has long since left the Amish, and another former Amish woman named Dina Schrock launched Voices of Hope, a group for abused women. Lizzie met Sadie at one such gathering, and they're now friends. Others find solidarity in the Plain People's podcast, a show launched in 2018 that features stories of Amish and Mennonite sexual abuse. Jasper Hoffman, a former Mennonite and the podcast's co-host, says she receives hundreds of messages from people wanting to share stories or get help reporting an abuser. Property of Sarah McClure, continue reading below. And especially in Pennsylvania, efforts are being made to reform Amish culture itself. In Lancaster County, the task force Stedman serves on, comprised of police, attorneys, and social service agencies, has been meeting with Amish leaders a few times a year, trying to build trust and communication. It's worth noting, however, that not a single woman has been included among the group's Amish representatives. Some Amish have started their own initiatives too. In multiple states, their Conservative Crisis Intervention Committees liaise with local authorities on reporting and prosecuting sexual assault cases. One Lancaster County member, Amos Stolzfus, told me that, a lot of things have changed and forced us to comply and not allow things to be swept under the rug, like they had at one point. Stricter mandatory reporting requirements were implemented in Pennsylvania in 2014 in the aftermath of the high-profile Jerry Sandusky child abuse case, for one. Property of Sarah McClure, continue reading below. Now, Stolzfus says, the Lancaster County Amish, at least, aren't interested in hiding things, and have, adapted and recognized that we need to change with some of the education that we give to the parents and the children. He says they've also tried to understand the lasting trauma that can make quick forgiveness difficult for victims. Our community does really care, it just takes time. Ashley Gilbertson, 7, Redix. In the summer of 2018, Lizzie sought her own justice by reporting her rapes to police, something she never felt she could do before. To her surprise, charges were brought against Stutzman, who was by then a deacon in the church. He pleaded guilty to third degree criminal sexual conduct, and at his sentencing hearing, the room was filled with his Amish supporters. But Lizzie was also surrounded by supporters, including Sadie, who had driven two hours to be there. Stutzman was ultimately sentenced to 45 days in jail and 10 years probation, based on guidelines in place in 1988, the year before the assaults. Property of Sarah McClure, continue reading below. As for Sadie, she's now a 32-year-old mother of five living in the Midwest. In 2013, she and her husband finally left the Amish church. For now, she's focused on healing, not pressing charges. She still speaks with her brothers, one of whom has apologized, many times, she says. She knows it sounds, weird, but she even visits them occasionally. Sadie has tried to work through her trauma in couples therapy with her husband. And she'd still like to get her own Christian therapist. She's pretty sure she'll never completely trust any man around her kids. There's been plenty of anger to deal with. She used to, fly off the handle, she says. But now, it feels good to finally be letting it all out. Asterisk name has been changed. These photos are used for illustrative purposes only. Additional research by Daria Marchenkova and Hannah Beckler. Additional support provided by investigative reporters and editors. Type Investigations is an award-winning nonprofit newsroom that works with independent reporters to investigate topics ranging from gender issues to criminal justice to human rights. Sarah McClure. Sarah McClure is an investigative journalist and documentary filmmaker in Los Angeles. This content is created and maintained by a third party, and imported onto this page to help users provide their email addresses. You may be able to find more information about this and similar content at piano.io more from Long Reads. This is how women want to fix the police problem. These women rode 2,700 miles for civil rights property of Sarah McClure. Continue reading below. How breast implants are making women sick. It's Letitia James vs. The World. The Kabo 211 share their side of the story. How to put your life back together. The G-spot doesn't exist. When you can't escape your abuser the k-pop cover-up health report the endo cure that isn't coming long reads cosmo unlocked exclusive stories just for you lifestyle how to keep a secret till the secret ingredient that makes your yogurt pink is creepy crawly gross country music's biggest stars read mean tweets rutgers keeps on new athletic director despite abuse allegations the secret life of marrieds A couple that keeps their sex life exciting. 5 Secrets to Keep from Him Subscribe about use Instagram Advertise online media kit Customer service work for Cosmo YouTube Other Hearst subscriptions give your BFF the Mag Digital Editions newsletter giveaways. A part of Hearst Digital Media Cosmopolitan participates in various affiliate marketing programs, which means we may get paid commissions on editorially chosen products purchased through our links to retailer sites. Copyright 2020 Hearst Magazine Media, Inc. All rights reserved. Privacy notice, notice at collection your California privacy rights interest based ads terms of use site map do not sell my personal information.
0: Judas Priest frontman Rob Halford revisits a spring 1973 date with Ziggy Stardust, Louder. For an entire generation of music fans, U2 frontman Bono and Def Leppard vocalist Joe Elliott among them, witnessing David Bowie performing Starman. The first single from The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and The Spiders from Mars, on top of the pops on July 6, 1972 was a life-changing moment. Rob Halford, then the 20-year-old frontman of Midlands rock band Hiroshima, was already a fan, and on May 28, 1973, the same month in which he made his live debut with Judas Priest, Halford stumped up the £1.20 ticket price to see Bowie bring his androgynous bisexual rock star alter ego to the stage of Wolverhampton Civic Hall. I think they pretty much played the entire record from start to finish and it was just unbelievable to see him there doing what he did so magnificently with such conviction, Halford recalls, in a new interview with Rolling Stone. He was Ziggy Stardust, and he mesmerized the world with that character. He's a guy that really took his fans on a journey, Halford noted. Was he Ziggy Stardust? Was he the thin white duke? Hunky-dory. Heroes? The side project tin Machine. His last glorious piece of music, Black Star. But the imagery that Bowie created with every record, nobody else can touch that. He was the master of disguise. Judas Priest's frontman nominated Bowie's The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and The Spiders from Mars as one of his top then-favorite albums ever, alongside Deep Purple's Machine Head, Led Zeppelin's self-titled debut album, Queen 2, and perhaps unsurprisingly, Black Sabbath's heavyweight debut from 1970. They were local guys from the same neighborhood, the same neck of the woods as priest, says Halford. We literally grew up together, inventing this great music that we love and cherish so much, called heavy metal music. I chose the Black Sabbath album just because, like so many bands, your first one or two records really establish who you are as a band. Here was the first example of what heavy metal music should sound like. Utah helicopter crew discovers mysterious metal monolith deep in the desert, CNN style. What started as routine wildlife assistance took an extraterrestrial turn for Utah's Department of Public Safety after officers stumbled upon a mysterious monolith in the middle of rural Utah. Officers from the Utah Department of Public Safety's Airway Bureau were flying by helicopter last Wednesday, helping the Division of Wildlife Resources count bighorn sheep in southeastern Utah, when they spotted something that seemed right out of 2001, a space odyssey. One of the biologists spotted it, and we just happened to fly directly over the top of it, pilot Brett Hutchings told CNN-affiliate KSL. He was like, whoa, 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 turn around, turn around. And I was like, what? And he's like, there's this thing back there. We've got to go look at it. Pilot Brett Hutchings believes the object was most likely created by an artist. Credit Utah Department of Public Safety. And there it was, in the middle of the red rock was a shiny, silver metal monolith sticking out of the ground. Hutchings guessed it was between 10 and 12 feet high. It didn't look like it was randomly dropped to the ground, he told KSL, but rather it looked like it had been planted. Isamu Noguchi's sculpture becomes White House's first artwork by an Asian-American. We were kind of joking around that if one of us suddenly disappears, then the rest of us make a run for it, Hutchings said. Still, Hutchings said he thinks it was most likely placed there by an artist rather than an alien. alien. I'm assuming it's some new wave artist or something or, you know, somebody that was a big 2001, a Space Odyssey fan he said, referencing a scene in the 1968 film where a black monolith appears. Related video, how do you fall in love with art? Still, it is illegal to install structures or art without authorization on public lands, no matter what planet you're from, said Utah DPS in a statement released Monday. The location of the monolith is not being disclosed, and it is not yet clear who, or what, put the monolith there, DPS said. As of Monday, the Bureau of Land Management will be deciding whether further investigation is needed. Home News. W-A-N-D-A-V-I-S-I-O-N. Release date announced, you're not gonna like it with new images, WandaVision. Release date announced, you're not gonna like it with new images by Joseph Andrew Taylor. November 12, 2020. Good things come to those who wait. Well, this is disappointing. But hey, 2020 giveth and 2020 taketh away. WandaVision, the hotly anticipated Disney Plus original series and the first TV show from Marvel Studios proper, was teased as coming, later in 2020. As it turns out, that is not the case could Thanos have been behind those dates? Disney Plus and Marvel Studios revealed today that the show wouldn't be hitting the company's direct-to-consumer platform until January 15, 2021. Yet another reason to keep your mask on you want to survive to see the latest adventures of Scarlet Witch, Elizabeth Olsen, and our dearly departed vision, Paul Bettany. Along with the announcement, they also released some new images from the series, which you can see below. Taking its cue from Tom King's recent Vision comic book series, the show consists of six installments and stars Katherine Hahn alongside MCU vets Randall Park, reprising his role from Ant-Man and the Wasp, Cat Dennings, as her Thor character Darcy, and Teona Paris as Monica Rambeau, the grown version of the child character from Captain Marvel. The show looks bizarre and wonderful in all the right ways and supposedly ties directly into the events in Marvel Studios' forthcoming Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is currently slated for a March 25, 2022 release date. For a complete list of all the upcoming Marvel Disney Plus shows click here. Upcoming Marvel TV shows, here's what will be streaming on Disney Plus. The MCU is expanding to Disney Plus in a big way. Image via Disney Plus. Marvel Studios. 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 Visit Collider. Com. Related topics. News. TV. Paul Bettany. Kat Dennings. Catherine Hahn. Marvel Studios. Elizabeth Olsen. Captain Marvel. Disney Plus. W A N D A V I S I O N. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, more in news. Watch, first look at, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Movie reveals, well, a big red dog, it's a wonderful life, is way, way darker than you remember Sean Levy on why you'll fall in love with, Dash and Lily, and, Stranger Things 4, status. SNL, sets lineup for December with Timothy Chalamet. Jason Bateman, and Kristen Wiig hosting here's how you can help those in need using Animal Crossing, and, The Crude's Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, for PS5 is just about a flawless victory. Wonder Woman 1984, unveils international release dates, including China, Dash and Lily, Sean Levy reveals how that Nick Jonas cameo came together, The Mandalorian, is, Star Wars, at its most comforting. Write for us home, contact us, terms, privacy, copyright, about us, fact-checking, policy, corrections, policy, ethics, policy, ownership, policy, partnership, disclaimer, copyright, copyright, 2020, Collider.com.
2: Also, don't forget to like us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And follow at The Adrian Lozano Show.
1: All right. So, what did we up on today we picked up on some fucked up shit um most fucked up things without a doubt there is no amish paradise hopefully that shit gets shut down and those girls get uh, the help they need because that's fucked up man um you know i don't always share fucked up shit with y'all but uh there's some things that just need to be heard and um yeah that's man it's fucked up. Anyway. Um, comedy show! <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's move the fuck on. Um, man, this sucks. Um, there's so much more I want to cover. Like there's a lot of shit going on. You're going to get another episode very soon. Um, less ums. Uh, my favorite thing about System of a down is probably the energy, without a doubt. Their harmony. I hated mesmerize and hypnotize. I hated them. It, it was a major reason why I stopped listening to the radio was because of those songs, from those singles, I and mean, from those singles from those CDs. They they just it's such a bad example of what music can be. That's how I feel. It's just a very bad example of what music can be. Um, however, "Protect the Land" is a good song. It's it's a good uh, good anthem. I feel like it's the Godsmack of its time. Remember when Godsmack was like the soundtrack for An Army of One. Um, <laughs> um anyway, uh I like um the humanoids the humanoid song is more my jam, more my style. I like it very much. Um also was a big fan of that Legend of Zelda song they did. But uh hmm what else did we learn today learned about the monolith uh 2001 a space odyssey is going to be a whole episode unto itself what else did we learn about oh um judas priest and david bowie pretty cool um who'd have thought they were just down the street from each other and uh let's see here what else did we cover oh uh, um yeah So I hope you enjoyed the show. And um, make sure to check out my YouTube-gram, my Twitter, because I put all my GIFs on Twitter. You see my artwork on Instagram, but if you ever want to see the GIF work that I do, because I make GIFs, I GIF it up. Um, That's all on Twitter, so you can find all that stuff there. I try to give, like, different content. Like, um, I have a separate page just for the alternate art that uh, I guess I don't post. The... um, The B-sides, if you will. And then, of course, I have um, my Tumblr site, which is uh, kind of a mix um, of different things. But eventually you will see um, AdrianLozanoShow.com sooner than you think. All right. Thank you so much. Remember, don't trust anyone. Look out for snipers and do your best to have a good time.
2: You have been listening to The Adrian Lozano Show. I
0: wanted to ask you something a few days ago, but I just didn't. It's not even an option. Damn it! (laughs) It's not even an option, sir. Mm -hmm. Looking pretty good. I'll take it. I'll take it all day long. And taking a live look outside 37 at Carolina.